Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Chris Evans here. A big thank you for downloading our Virgin Radio podcast. Coming up on this week's edition of The Best of the Breakfast Show with Sky. Fern Cotton talks legume and laughter, delving into her new cookbook, Happy Vegan. The hilarious Jason Byrne swings by in the midst of his wrecked but ready UK tour. Andrew Ridgely charms us with stories from his brand new memoir, Wham! George and Me. And Jesse Buckley chats the amazing new film, Judy. Plus loads more great guests. Enjoy, my friends, enjoy. In 1975, two teenagers with a love of music met in Bushy. Little did they know they would go on to become the biggest band in the world. Telling his side of that incredible story in his new memoir, Wham, George and Me, please welcome a true statesman of pop, the one and only Andrew Ridgely. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. You I've look... not been described as a statesman of pop, but I like it. By the way, you dress quite <laughs> statesman-like tonight. I'm today, chop that one out. Uh, you, you look amazing, um, as fresh as the daisy. Like you haven't aged a, a single minute, let alone uh, a few decades. Uh, reading your book uh, yesterday, day before, and this morning again, um, I, cu- I literally couldn't put it down. Honestly, it's it's such a fantastic book. Um, I didn't realise, and obviously I was I was in the thick of it at the time. I didn't realise one were only around for four years. That's the thing that first struck me. Yeah, I mean, four and a half from signing, um, three really from um, first release. Well, first hit. Yeah. First release wasn't a hit by any stretch of the imagination. Three years. I had no yeah. idea. Well, three, three years, six months. It was so like brief. Yeah. So you met, you met to get in the mid-70s. Uh, was, just um, tell us about the first time you ever clapped eyes on each other, you and George. Uh, he was the new boy, Form 2A1, which means comprehensive 1970, new, new term. Uh, and uh, yeah, walked in by the teacher looking a bit sheepish as you would the new boy and uh, she cast around for someone who'd, who'd uh, act as mentor take him uh, under their wing and uh, I'd never been given the charge of a new boy before and I thought you know this is I want this <laughs> this could be fun so put my hand up and uh, yeah he was he was delivered to me imagine if you hadn't oh my god <laughs> we wouldn't have Club Tropicana we wouldn't have Young Guns we wouldn't have the final and um, and you it was your decision to form a band and you didn't ask him you told him didn't you yeah I mean it had been something that had been discussed for a couple of years since we were 14 or adolescence and uh, it was always after the O levels after the A levels but came a day when uh, I had to make some decisions I left school to go to college because I wasn't attending and uh, and at that point I thought right this is the day and I phoned him up and said look we're forming a band there wasn't I, I wasn't giving him a choice I wasn't asking him I was to and, and there, was, there was like six of you at the beginning wasn't there there were uh, uh, yeah what there were five the, of us the, the executive the executive that's yeah, what it was five of us it's yeah. five of you okay yeah, the original okay. line alright so they had many forms right and, and when, how did it get to Wham from there uh, well, oh, by the way, cool name the executive. I really like that. Yeah, we, we thought it was, we thought it was pretty good, uh, pretty slick. Um, well, we had various incarnations, and uh, unfortunately, it, things fell apart somewhat. We had a, a a gig. We had a we reduced down to four, and it was kind of a definitive lineup. And we had a big gig that we were working towards. That uh, well, big for us, Harrow Tech. It's not exactly a big gig, but <laughs> hey, it's, it a was, gig. it's a gig. Yeah, it and was a gig. There's a stage, and you're going to play it. <laughs> And uh, it, it it was uh, it was a gig built on sand. It, it never actually one of our band members had been stringing us along. I don't know why, but so at that point, he left. My brother left, and that left George and I, and we just continued writing. Where did the name Wham come from? Listed it from the song. Um, we it was a temporary name, right? Um, but, <laughs> not not yeah, bad. <laughs> yeah. But the longer it was around, the longer the more we thought, hmm, that's actually. And got you used to lend it. it. So when you did something, it was a wham something, wasn't it? So the wham to, America was wham America, and it was it was wham this and wham that, wasn't it? It was yes. quite handy. It for was wham tastic. It, it really was. <laughs> uh, so so how did you get? I mean, you know, around at the time, it was it was pretty tough at the time because you just post punk. Some great bands around anyway, and there's you and George, you know, a duo. How did you do it? Well, um, post-punk, I mean, 
it was an, an enormously rich era for, for creatively um, musical uh, creativity. And the world was going crazy at the time, wasn't it? Because you had the Cold War and the minor strikes. Yeah, and... it was a time of real change. And, and uh, there was an awful lot going on politically. You know, Britain was coming out of a, a, a dark period and, and uh, it, it was all change. And, and we were young, you know, we had a great optimism and we were looking forward and... and Punk democratised music, you know. Uh, if you could play three chords, you could be in a band. Yeah. And the the uh, home recording, the Fostex, the four-track recorders, it all made, it brought music to anyone who had a creative idea. And and, and that's really what, what enabled us to... to, to be a band, even though we weren't a band as such. Okay, well, and was America, was that via one song or was it one moment or was it one connection, one conversation? Uh, the US. Yeah. The US was um, really as a consequence of... Uh, we had a number one with Wake Me Up there. Um, and uh, But but the profile was built really through the, the China trip. Um, okay. it, as you said, it was done to avoid touring. George, whilst he liked performing, didn't like touring. They didn't like living out suitcase, didn't like being away from home. Um, and so that that really built a really big profile outside of kind of music, if you like. Yeah, and when you went to China, I mean, everybody was talking about it. You talk about it in your book, um, and it's fascinating. You talk about going to China and playing in uh, stadiums, which the biggest crowd they'd seen thus far was for ping pong matches. But that was in the tens of thousands because people love ping pong, table tennis in China. And then the kids who bought tickets being given um, guide guide guidelines by the government of how how much they were allowed to enjoy your concert or not yes they were they were advised to listen but um i can't remember listen but not live listen to the message but don't live the message yeah yeah don't enjoy it too much (laughs) i think yeah there was there was an instruction there was an instruction leaflet right and the chinese talk cost a fortune but it's okay because we're going to make a fortune until the chinese government said no you can't have that money because we don't give it to people who who aren't ours even though you earned it here uh, that's more or less it, yeah. Well, it, although although it wasn't a fortune, but it, the, there was there was some loot that was. Uh, but we were you couldn't take it out of the country, like you say. So it was uh, offered to us in bicycles. So they offered to pay you in bicycles. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And not only that, they were second-hand workers' bicycles. They were, oh, yeah. Wow. They were only workers' bicycles. They were, <laughs> Well, if you had those now, though, <laughs> you've yeah. got them in a warehouse in China somewhere. Oh, my goodness me. <laughs> Andrew, you've got to go now. Not because I don't want you here, because apparently you've got to go somewhere else. I have. Can we have a round of applause for Andrew Ridge? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that now and it's a brilliant book Andrew it's a pleasure to see you again thanks for all these years. Chris thank you. see you again you were brilliant the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio we're in conversation with Andrew Ridgely Skunk and Nancy playing live for us Jason Byrne also here now uh, cue the Jason Byrne hilarious you two story it's not hilarious <laughs> and I and I shouldn't have said I mean I don't know who told you I mean this is everybody not, told you know me what it's like but coming in here out yeah. there is uh-huh. like it's like going into a room full of grannies is it? Yeah, because like you just say one thing, and it's in here in your ear. Yeah, and we usually have our knitting with us as well. Yeah, I shouldn't have said anything. No, no I I got a I got uh, my management about three or four days ago. Right. Oh, three hours recent. It's hot. Yeah, it's so, fresh. Come on. So they said um, uh, somebody from you two wants your number. Right. <laughs> and I went, which one? And he goes, I don't know. They're, they won't tell me which one. And I went, oh well, whoever it's not or is, what do they want? And they go, I don't know. Somebody rang and said. Can somebody from you two have your number for something that he can't tell you? <laughs> so I went, oh, okay. So I was waiting to see who it was going to be, which one or whatever and everything. And I did a gig in Canterbury last night. Yeah. And then I came off on the break and it was, uh, yeah, it was Bono. Yeah, it's Bono. Always, it's always Bono. It's always it. Yeah, it's the singer. They say, I think it might be the singer. Yeah, it might be the singer. <laughs> I think it, was, it might be the singer. So anyway, anyway, um, I still don't know what he wants because he said he, he must have gone to bed or something. But I don't know. I doubt gone to bed. But he said... Uh, Hi, hi. I've never met him, right? Which is mad. So we just went, so, oh, hi, Jason, it's Bono. Is there any chance you can take a call from me? Uh, I can't tell you what it is yet. He's great. He's now, great. we, I don't know what it is, so I'll, when I find out, yeah. I can ring back into you. He, he's, he's, <laughs> it'll, it'll be something very cool. Will it? It always is. Oh, it's my God. Very I mean, cool. but the thing is about in Ireland, when Bono rings you and you just, you, you go, yes. Yeah. You if, go, if it was about art, it would be Adam. Adam, okay. Adam would phone you about art because he loves his art. I wonder what it is. Um, and I don't think Larry calls anyone 
even the other members of the band. <laughs> I think that's it. You know, it's his band, don't you? No, he's the boss. He owns it. Like, he formed, like no, it's his football. He formed the band. He's the boss of the band. In school or something. He could fire Bono if he wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if he's had any written warnings. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? I'd say yes. Yeah. Okay, so Jason Burney's on this massive tour. He's very funny. Um, the team love him. We all love him. Oh, okay. uh, he's playing in October, throughout October and November, and uh, the first of December, Cardiff. And then you're calling it. You're calling it a day for December. Yeah. That's, uh, come on, people. Christmas are well, in a mood. They want to come out. They've only been made to laugh. Yeah, but I mean, I remember doing Christmas Half gigs. of the job is done for you. I know. Oh, is this? Come on. That's a kind of a myth. It's a myth. <laughs> when, I, don't know, I don't know if you, if you find no, this. Oh, come on. Like, when, everybody's, when everybody's hammered and stuff in a room, they don't really listen to didn't a comic. Didn't say hammered. Oh. Didn't say happy, hammered. Happy. Did, I meant it, but I didn't yeah, say I it. Yeah, I know, but I said it. So it's okay. <laughs> you won't get in trouble. I will. Okay. So, yeah, it's like people just don't, well, don't really listen at Christmas. Uh, Jasonburn.ie. Is that an Irish thing? That's the Irish internet. I've never heard that before. Yeah, it's the Irish. Like .co.uk is English. That's yeah. the Irish. And then .au, I think, Did, is Australian. Like Jason Byrne yeah, .ie. I, I am the Irish internet. I thought it was Jason Byrne .that is. Yeah, that is. Yeah. That is. I, yeah, that I is. am. Therefore. Okay. Um, so, so will this go anywhere else? Do you play? Do you play abroad? Yeah, do I they will. like you in Australia? Australians love British comedians, don't they? English yeah, comedians? yeah. I'm going to Australia. Okay. Uh, I'm doing. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's and I'll do the Irish tour, and then I have a children's book out as well. So I've been doing all that kind of <gasps> stuff as well. All going on. Yeah, I know. Irish got talent judge children's book. Feel a pattern. Love it. Love it. I know. Jason. Yeah. So, but I have. I love playing Australia. Uh, oh, actually, in Australia, I was um, on stage. And there was a guy in the front, and he was an old, old enough guy. I don't know, probably in his seventies or so. And uh, he had a big white sock up, and on, you know, they were in shorts with the white socks. But he had one white sock <laughs> it's up. It's already funny, right? Yeah. And I said, uh, "Oh, uh, what, what's what's the story with your leg?" And he went, "Oh, me leg, me leg's gone." Which you know, I thought he was like, anyway, my Irish dad would go, "Me leg's gone," as in it doesn't work. It's like the you know the blood's yeah, not flowing yeah, anymore. Yeah, so them. I actually teased him yeah. about, "Oh, your leg's gone. Don't be moaning and all this. You know, get up, move around a bit. Maybe do a bit of exercise." So I had a break. It came out, and his prosthetic leg was on the stage, yeah. right <laughs> at the mic. <laughs> <laughs> and he <laughs> and he went, and I went, "Oh, it's actually gone." Yeah. <laughs> and he, he said. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, we've all done it. Yeah, <laughs> no, we haven't. Just you. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. That's the people I attract. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. She made her name on Kids TV, conquered radio, and is now publishing books left, right, and centre, podcasting all over the place, and even running her own festival. How does she have the energy? I'll tell you how. Vegetables. Please welcome the brains behind the new book, Happy Vegan, the one and only Fern Cotton. There you go. Happy vegan to you. Happy vegan to you. Are you actually a vegan, Fern Cotton? I am a vegetarian who cannot give up omelettes. All right, so you're nearly a vegan. So nearly there. You're just a a broken egg or two away from being a full-on vegan. Otherwise, would it be it? Would you You, be the full-on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have dairy, any of that jazz, but I love an egg. No, I love an egg, but, you know, as one might imagine the things you could struggle to give up to become something, I would have thought an omelette would be pretty much no, amongst the easiest. I've just got a weird affinity with omelettes. Cheese I didn't find difficult. I'm not that bothered about it. But eggs, I love so an So how egg. do you have your omelette then? No butter, no cheese? No, no. Cook it in coconut oil. But because you have eggs, therefore you're not a vegan. No, I'm a vegetarian. Why don't you make Why don't you make use of all the other stuff that you have can have because you're a vegetarian and not the vegan yet? I'm headed there. Ah. I think a lot of us are headed in the right direction, okay. which is going to help the planet, make us feel better, and I'm on the way. And that's why I don't want this book to be a scary thing. Like, if you're not a vegan, you can't even try these vegan recipes. It is for people like me who are headed on the way, yeah. for people that have never tried vegan food yeah. or for fully-fledged vegans. OK, so Fern Cotton, Happy Vegan, easy plant-based recipes to make the whole family easy. happy. Now, people love you and uh, they know that you mean all this. And as we say a lot on the show, the authenticity of the message is only as as worthy as the authenticity of the messenger. And so you are you, you fulfil both those roles. Thank um, you. Top three recipes in this book. If okay, we, we're going to well, die tomorrow. Look, death I've made death row! Death row <laughs> vegan recipes, please. Oh, God, well, I've made one in the bag, but I I, I arrived on motorcycle, so it's slightly mangled. Yeah, it's not. Hot. We had I some mean... motorcycle helmet chat earlier on. Oh really? Yeah. Went quite exciting. well, I thought. Wow. Sizes, um, I, was wear- I was wearing one earlier. So this is a, a loaf that incorporates bananas and avocados, but it's a sweet loaf cake. Who wants some? Chocolate. Yay. Yes. I can't hear you. Who wants some? Hey. 
Say yeah. like you That's mean it. Who wants some? Come on. It's vegan. <laughs> no eggs in there. Nothing like no that. Eggs not... There's a fantastic chocolate fudge cake in the book. Right. Also, there is a lovely, very oh. easy tomato coconut dal, which my husband and I had for dinner last Stop night. Stop teasing us. It takes with that... 50 I can't open it. That's why I'm not teasing you. I genuinely can't get the lid off. There we go. It's been so weak from no meat. <laughs> no, look, I'm chickpea powder. I can't open the tin. Somebody that, was very, that was very low-hanging <laughs> comedy fruit. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But are, we need some sort, are we allowed knives in this building? Yeah. No. This isn't the BBC, do you want I know, OK. You well, have fireworks display if you like. Just break, it off, break a chunk off your hand oh, and try oh, some. Go on, be, be your But it's all got a bit bashed up on the bike, but it's more in the flavour. Oh, it's definitely a nine. It might be a, a nine. Ten. I'm fine with a nine. I'm absolutely happy with a nine. That's great, that's gorgeous. Yeah, and it's okay. got loads of avocado again? bananas in it. It's a chocolate loaf, but it's got a, a ton of good veg. So you can trick your children with it by, you know, with all the avocados and stuff. You're made of beet, beetroot brownies. I love a beetroot brownie. They're insane. They're hey? fantastic. Yeah. yeah. A beetroot brownie, it just, it just, you don't know what's going on in you've your You've only read do, about uh, that. You've never been. No, even, I no, have. No, you're just reading about stuff and pretending <laughs> you've done it. No, I Come actually. Come on, where, where have you had a beetroot brownie? I've had it, yeah. Where, where, where? My, my, my ex-wife used to make them and we had them. It's at, already getting more distant. Yeah, no. As no, a story. She still there <laughs> so she made them and yeah. it, she's an amazing cook beetroot brownie and it, it looks amazing and then you put it in your mouth and yeah. it's like it still is amazing and you can have courgette cupcakes mm-hmm. you can use sweet potato in cakes all sorts of stuff to replace oh, the butter now this is good but thank god because you know when you're on shows and it's not good yeah it's okay it is good and it's also it's moist it's nice and it's moist it's really good thank you very much it's not over moist uh, but so it's not at all dry yeah. it's nice and yeah. very healthy oh, by the way it is it's very healthy can you tell me about legume please because Vassus you will know about this Actually, so what? So you, you can d- divvy this conversation up between the two Go of on. you. There's a book about. It's not ultra runners. It's it's it's. Uh, oh, is this eat the... and run by Scott Jurek? No, is it born to run? No, it's not that either. Is it the one? Can, they... can I finish the question? It's not University Challenge for heaven's sake. No, we're trying to help you. It's we're not trying you start to get it out of your brain. You don't get more points for interrupting the question. Okay. <laughs> it's about a, a somebody who. It's about a tribal right. Some people somewhere. Right. It is born to run. It is born to run. Mm. It's not, it. But it's not oh, Born to Run. It's the creepiest. <laughs> I don't want Born to Run at home and it's not it. The one that runs, he runs around with no shoes. Don't point. No. I'm not, I'm just, I'm just saying it like That's that. That's about barefoot running. Jason, it's, a... it's the same guy, I think, but it's the one. Oh, we are arguing about the same thing. It's not. That's the guy with the bald head. I've seen him on loads of lectures on YouTube. Can okay. I please get my question out? Right, go ahead. It would save us a load of time. <laughs> this show is so stressful. <laughs> For you, you want to be on this side of the desk. I know. Spinning the blimmin' plates. Um, anyway, here we go. No, so, legume, legume. Yeah. I'm hearing legume is where you go for longevity, for stamina, and it's not about carbs because carbs are good, but they bring in peaks and troughs, and if you eat legume constantly in your life, that is the perfect fuel for a human being. Go, anyone. Well, not I'm, you, not you. I, I'm, no, <laughs> I'm not a long All I heard is legume, and is that yeah. like French for vegetables? Well, I think it's a good way to go because you've got protein, you've got fibre, and... I guess the carbohydrates that are released more slowly. But I heard so. it was revolutionary. The the, uh, the the tribe of which you speak are this 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 very sort of backward tribe called Greeks, and what? they are from Crete. He can, oh. no, he can say this because he's Greek. I can say it because I'm a Greek. Um, and and I don't really mean it. Um, it's not going and they, well. To and there's a there's a there's this thing in the in the mountains growing in the mountains of actually okay. the Peloponnese and Crete called Horta. Horta, and that means uh, that that is legumes. Right. And yes, the the ancient Greek messengers messengers who ran over many many hundreds of miles to deliver, you know, and they were they were the marathon. Well, like him, like the guy who ran from marathon to Athens, Philippides. Um, they would be fueled by the stuff that they could get on the hoof because Fine. obviously there I, were no I've just said all shops. This. I've just said all this. What's the book called? That's my only question. Is what's the you book called? You never said that. I did. You didn't. Does anybody know? Is he just here just to know stuff? He's amazing. <laughs> He's Greek, isn't he? He's our resident Greek. Thank That's you. That's what he does. I thought you spoke Russian. It's the well, same guy <laughs> who wrote Born to Run, whose name I've forgotten. Do you think it is? You were halfway yeah, there, Jason. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Fern, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having Fern me. Fern so everyone. Yeah. Thank you so much. The Happy Vegan Cookbook is out for Christmas and it's out now. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We've heard from three guests already, but there's loads more still to come. Andy and Mikita Oliver chat the Cheltenham Book Festival and have a shot at the most stressful game on radio. Andy McCluskey and Paul Humphreys of OMD fame talk touring America. Mark Strong tells us all about the new Sky original series Temple. And Bill Bryson discusses his brand new book, The Body, A Guide for Occupants. All that and more, but first, Dapper Dave, who's next? She stole the show in the hit Sky original Chernobyl and from today can be seen in the superb biopic Judy, the film that gives an insight into the life and times of the one and only Judy Garland. Please welcome a lady with limitless talent, the singer, the actress, the simply delightful Jessie Buckley. Good morning, (laughs) Jessie. Hello. Hello. Uh, Congratulations on a, a fantastic film. Fantastic film! It oh. arrested me when I went to see it last Thursday. I was—it was a preview theatre on a Thursday morning. It was pouring down. It was full of crusty old critics. <laughs> you could hear a pin drop, and then you could hear sobbing and blubbing, and you could hear m- mucus bubbling yes. from nostrils. Weep! <laughs> yeah, it was unbelievable. All right, so the story of Judy Garland can be told in many ways. How do you and your team tell it this time around? Um, we it's a, a period of her life when she comes to London um, in, in, in t- to perform in the talk of the town and it's just before she passes away six months before she passes away and I suppose it, it shows the humanity and vulnerability of this incredible precious powerful gift that Judy Garland was to the world and actually at the crux of it that she was a person who was being puppeteered within an inch of her life and um and it cost her life. Yes. But, um, so we're puppeted within an inch of her life for almost all her life. Yeah, yeah. So from the age of when? From the age she was on, on stage with Louis B. Mayer, like when she got involved with uh, Wizard of Oz. Oz and, yeah. It's incredible. Uh, and the way it's, it's so beautifully told. And it's like when you have a life that is so rich and so dramatic, there are so many different ways you could tell it as a producer, as a writer, as a director. And I'm always thinking, oh, my goodness me, of all the options, you know, too many, too many options sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And, and the way they've chosen to tell this, you know, they, it starts with her as a child. It starts with her in Hollywood. And then we quickly get to, to, to the here and now as far as uh, your movie's concerned in period just before she dies six months before she died when she then has to start earning a living by by going to coming to Europe where we still love her as America has forgotten about her to play some shows to get some money to try and get enough to buy a house or just a flat or apartment so she can keep her kids yeah yeah that and that was the real honest truth of it you know she had absolutely nothing by the end of her life she didn't even have a pillow to put under her head um and and she her children were kind of taken away from her because of that and uh, all she wanted to be was, I suppose, settle down, having worked her socks off for all those years. And now your, your character is really, really interesting. And the way you <laughs> play her, uh, because you feel... For, first of all, let, t- tell everybody who your producer character is and, and where... Did she really... She does exist. She's still she alive, does, isn't yeah. she? She's alive and well and drinking champagne at 12am and told me how to do that. It was very important to my preparation. <laughs> but back in the day, she was a young producer... So in this, in our story, she had just become um, Bernard Delfont, who was the main Mr. Mogul producer. The impresario. Yeah, impresario yeah. in Talk of the Town. And she was his right-hand woman. And so when Judy Garland came to London, she was given the... She was lumbered. Yeah, with the task of looking after this woman, making sure she showed up on time to perform, you know, for the the people who came to um, watch her Um, but she was amazing and Rosalind the real Rosalind was very generous and kind of you know presenting what that world was for me so um, yeah So so you tell uh, the young producer's story for us through her eyes and and her mouth but you met this lady who was that person what was it like hearing the stories (laughs) from the horse's mouth because she was the woman in the rehearsal room she was the woman who was begging Judy to to get out of a hotel room she was the woman who who left the talk of the town in a black cap to go back to the hotel to bang on Judy to say please Judy you're going to get me this sack you've got to come and perform yeah well I mean it's quite terrifying playing somebody who's still alive because she's like sending emails being like don't do me disservice I'm like (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> um, but she, uh, I, you know, she talked quite, uh, talked quite openly and candidly about how it was quite painful for her to see Judy and to. She was at a point in her life where she was in a, also a very male-dominated, puppeteered world where she was trying to move forward and thought that she had to be quite brusque and emotionally yeah. closed off. And then she met Judy, who's just this tornado of emotional destruction. Yeah, it's, it's literally the <laughs> and, perfect storm of emotions. Yeah, um, so I think she... They both kind of cracked each other in a way. And, and for her, I think she really... She, what she said is she really... She really cared about Judy Garland and she really she was worried for her, you know, and she was sad that actually this very special, precious gift was being taken for granted. Here's my last question about this film, Judy, for you. OK, released in Cinema Day, go and see this film. When René sings the song, let's just leave it at that, uh-huh. the song, right? When she sings, she sings lots of songs in the film and she's, she absolutely knocks it out of the park. But obviously she's lip syncing to to her singing in a studio. So she, it's her singing, mm-hmm. but you can tell mm-hmm. that, that she then lip syncs and they go to a studio recording and the performance on, st- on set is, is a different vocal performance. You can see that. But then when she does the song, I thought, I think they've taken her vocal performance from, this, from the soundstage because it's so much more real than all the others. Might that be right? That is correct, yeah. It makes such a difference, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's well, clever. it's so fragile. It's so clever, though. That it's did such that. a beautiful song. I mean, it's the saddest song in the world. It's the saddest hopeful song I've ever heard it in is, my it life. Is, it is. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous, ridiculous, apathetic optimism, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> oh, God. All uh, right, what do you do next? Uh, I'm going to be doing Fargo. Okay, and um, you're back to Chicago. When for that? I go this week, yeah. All right, so. Chicago, nice place to hang out, Chicago. It's going to be Baltic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot, I'm gonna of course have one it is. Those, isn't like crystallized nose, like they had that apocalyptic kind of freeze last Christmas. All right. Didn't it? Um, well, on the air, I've said this off the air, but on the air, of course, uh, congratulations on Chernobyl as well. Uh, you're so modest, you're so humble. Uh, ten Emmys and counting, by the way, for Chernobyl. So well done, all right. Not been a bad year, has it? I've been having a lovely time. (laughs) The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Great things come in sevens. The seven wonders of the world. The magnificent seven. The film seven. It's also the number of decades the Cheltenham Literature Festival has run for and soon to be seen fronting Sky Arts live at Cheltenham Literature Festival. Please welcome the wonderful pair, Andy and Makita Oliver. All right, are they married? (laughs) (laughs) No, they're mum and daughter, just in case you're interested. It's Andy with an eye. Andy with an eye. People keep getting very surprised. That we're, they're like, oh, we just thought you were all oh, of us that knew happy each other. Couple. People think people think we're just really good friends that want to hang out with each other. Like, no, like, no this well, is hopefully you are that too. We are that too. <laughs> now that we're working together, the fruit of my womb, the fruit of my womb. Okay, Thank so, you for saying um, that on the radio, Mum. So That's got, right. You got the seventh of October at seven p.m. on Sky for seven days, yes. celebrating the seventieth. That that all works it's for a me. Lot seven. That's it's, good. I like it's a lucky seven. number, right? It's a very lucky number. Right. Okay, so how did you two cats get involved in all this? Meow. They just called us up and said, Would you like to uh, host a. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah. And we said, That would be fantastic. But you must be bookworms. You must love your literature. Uh, Yeah, but I don't know how they knew that because I don't know how anybody else knows that. I mean, uh, the best times we ever had when she was little was that time when you take. This one over here? Yeah, when she was small. She grew up from a baby. (laughs) And when she was a baby and uh, I could trap her, she uh, (laughs) was reading to her. Those times with this, you know, you've got a kid. It's just lovely when you lie down with your baby and you take a little time yeah, yeah, out yeah. and everything stops and everybody shuts up and you're suddenly going good night but it, yeah but it's not an old it's not an old thing in in my mum's life sort of the the reading has continued throughout her life and it's been a real backbone of our sort of uh, existence yeah. our existence exactly I was sorting out her flat recently because she's moved into a new flat and, and she's very controlling and I'm very controlling <laughs> and it was just it's still so wonder I mean, where you get that from it's <laughs> obviously her father Chris yeah no no, no. She, uh, and what she means is I'm OCD and she's a mess <laughs> That's what we're saying. Wow. Or, or the yin and the yang, to put it more harmoniously. The yin and the yang, we balance each other That's out. That's all I'm saying. The Lennon and the McCartney. We balance each other out. Yeah. She's throwing my Lennon? clothes away. That's all I want to tell you. No. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm You're sitting in the wrong chair. Yeah. It doesn't... Everyone wants to be Lennon, yeah. doesn't but it? But I, I mean, books... But I've, books saved my life, really, when I was a kid in Bury St Edmunds and I was really unhappy in the 70s because it was Suffolk and it was the <laughs> 1970s and I was there and uh, it was just grim and books were the thing that gave me hope you know I would go upstairs little Twix 
or any other chocolates are available, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Bad Chris. And a great book. My mum took me to the library every week. I get five books out, and that's what I did Best every single day. Best book of your day. childhood. Best book of my childhood, Lion, Witch and the Wardrobe, really? probably. Okay. Yeah. If you go into a bookshop now, they are things of beauty. Bookshops yes. are beautiful. Oh, they've always yes. been pretty beautiful. No, they've already they? always been pretty beautiful. But if you go into the kids' section now, for example, yeah. the bookshop, entirely different to back in our day. Yeah. They are they are a world of wonder. Story you know? yeah, corners. That's, where, that's why I sat in the library the other day, the kids section. I was like, this is lovely. See, she goes to the library just to, ch- to do other work just and just to relax because like it's a great the, place the, to be. The, the little chairs that are far too small for us because I, I just think that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, well, if I could get my bum in one, I Let's say my glutes are fairly well developed. <laughs> well, maybe you want to rejoin us when you return from the Cheltenham Festival for our, our, our Fit Butt and Thigh Thursday. No, we, did want to play, really we did want to play your other game, though. Go on, what's that? You know, the name as many as you can. She's very competitive. She was going, what are they playing? What are they playing? Who's winning? Yeah. I want to win. Did what are they doing? Did you do well on that? Uh, no, she was rubbish. All right, well, here we go. Okay. Here we go. You ready? Okay. Oh, my goodness. Look at Makita now. She's already... She's, right. already, she's <laughs> less keen now, isn't she? <laughs> I've got spontaneous categories for you. Right, on, here we go. This is Mum versus Dawson. Oh, no. It's like the generation game. Right, mum versus daughter. Oh, uh, no. Let's see who wants to go first. I created this. Anybody one, got a coin? Why have you done, done this, done this to me, Mickey? Here we go. Which okay. hand is the um, which hand is a bit of plastic? In? That one. Okay, so you go first. Oh no. Uh, right. Who's going first? Andy's going first. Mum's going okay, first. Andy, you're going first. Okay, oh. so in ten <laughs> seconds, Andy, so name as many <laughs> other places in the UK beginning with ch, just like Cheltenham, and your ten seconds starts now. What? Come on. Ch. ch- I don't know anyone. Come on. Don't talk, think. Don't talk, think. (laughs) Come on. I I can't think of any. This might be our first zero. I can't think of any. Our first ever zero. I've got to tell you, everybody gets one just to prove they have a brain cell. Sure. Sure. Okay, can I go? Chippenham. Chester. Chesterfield. Oh, right. Chilton. The Chilterns, <laughs> Chipping Norton. Oh, we just lost our job hosting the Cheltenham Literary <laughs> Well, no, your mum has. <laughs> However, you've still got a chance. No, because I've, heard, I've still heard of Cheltenham. Great, right? great, great. My go. My yeah, category. Okay. Chicago. Um, <laughs> I can't believe you just, just saying. Oh. Chernobyl. Uh, right, okay. Chernobyl, yeah. Here we go. So, none to beat. <laughs> <laughs> it is the definition of a low bar. This... Oh my god! It's the, it's the music. It freaks everyone. We've had some really I clever just, people no, 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 on. But I need getting to... one out of I can... no, it's... Chris. I need to beat myself and the country. Yeah. Yeah, Mum's none. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> Thanks well, for the line. I'm trying to. I, I've, got, I've got a category on hold in my head. I'm just trying to think of okay. a, a fairer one. Oh god. Please. Okay, I've got one. I've got one. I've got Make one. I was going to ask you for children's authors in ten seconds, right? Okay. Oh, I should have done. I should have done. I should have done. See her eyes there. Her her skin went ashen. Her eyes glazed over. She became slightly faint and heady. But it's not fair. So I'm going to go for another geographical one. Oh, God. Okay. So for your mum, it was other places that begin with ch. For you, okay, Makita, you have 10 seconds to name as many other places that end in ham. West Ham. Yep, one. East Ham. You've won! That's it! <laughs> Actually, you don't really want with West Ham. Birmingham. Unbelievable. Okay, you. the Thank youth you. of today oh, once again leading the way. You. Why do the rest of us bother? I have no idea. Enjoy the Chandler Festival. Thank you. You are both awesome. I was Chandler... having such a good time and now I'm just yeah. depressed. Sorry about that. Uh, anyway, if you want to see how miserable uh, uh, Andy still is on, on Monday, 7pm Sky Arts Last. for a whole week. Thank you, Chris. Love to have you both here. Chilton. That was a right laugh. <laughs> I said Chilton. We said we both Ch- gave you Chilton. Chiberry St. Edmunds. <laughs> <laughs> See, now we'd have allowed that. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Dapper Dave, over to you. They've sold an eye-watering 15 million albums what? worldwide, are hailed as pioneers in their field and continue to celebrate their 40th year as a band. Not a bad day at the office, boys. Ahead of the release of a new box set, greatest hits album and a new tour, please welcome the wonderful Andy McCluskey and Paul Humphreys from Orchestral Manoeuvres in the Dark. Good morning, hey. gentlemen. Hi, Chris. <laughs> Lovely story, this. Um, it's a great story anyway because it's your 40th anniversary and we'll get into why it gets lovely in a moment or two. But first of all, travails of commuting. (laughs) 
Yeah. Tell us about these guys. Yeah, we abandoned our car. We we're coming in from Richmond. Right. And, uh, we just abandoned our car in Chiswick. Did you it, honestly? Yeah. yeah. So. We, jumped, we jumped on the tube <laughs> and we'd been sharp elbowing our way onto trains to get it. When were you two last worried about being late for anything? <laughs> <laughs> A long time ago, actually. Exactly. We were normally well prepared, but it was just the ETA on the sat-nav kept going, you know, 850, 910, 930. Just run. No, we're happy yeah. to be here. No, but listen, get, get, we'll give you one of our direct lines and if this happens again, you know, I just, I don't want old Kessel Manu's having a heart attack on our, our, our <laughs> account. Uh, so, no, so, so it's easy as getting back from the US back home from your tour than yeah. getting from Richmond to here this morning. It's faster. It was. Tell us yeah. about the US tour that you've just smashed. Well, yeah, we, we were on tour for two months, uh, on tour with the B-52s, actually. What I love! And Berlin. And Berlin. Tell us where you played, how many people you played in, in Everywhere. How many dates? We just finished Everywhere. in Hyde Park last Tuesday. Right. So, not Hyde Park. Uh, not Hyde Park. Central, Central Park. Park. You see, I'm, I'm already confused. <laughs> You're already but back yeah, in we, London. We already, we just went all the way across America. What just, we got evacuated off stage in Michigan for a typhoon warning. We had to get into a bunker three Quite minutes. Quite exciting, <laughs> yeah. as long as nobody was hurt. No, as a result of that. So, so how big were you in America back in the day then? Well, uh, it, it took us a while to to break it, break America because all all the early songs like Souvenir, this one, um, were, were weren't properly released there. We, we had a dodgy deal, and it wasn't a terrible record company. Their idea of releasing a record was hiding it under the carpet to see yeah. if anyone found yeah, that's it. That's not going to work. No, this was doesn't... Epic Records who had Michael Jackson. So, so they didn't but they're care. not they're not here to answer these accusations. <laughs> oh, of it's fake news! Shenanigans. Fake news! Yeah, it's fake we're making. It up. Okay, no, no, I'm sure you're <laughs> anyway, not. Anyway, but, but no, mid 80s, that's when things start. The funny thing is, the biggest hit in America, yeah. which we seldom play in mm. Europe, is a song called If You Leave that was in the movie Pretty in Pink. It was massive and over there. And was it because of the, the movie helped, obviously? Totally, movie yeah. Definitely helped, Wasn't right, even yeah. top 50 in the UK. Biggest yeah. hit in America. Pretty in Pink itself, what a great song that is, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, we thought that was going to be the lead single until they said, no, it's yours. So. That, which is incredible. Which is amazing. Because yeah. it's <laughs> the same title as the song. <laughs> and it was so, a yeah. great song as well. <laughs> it was an amazing song. Unbelievable. Yeah. So how many dates in all in, in North America? 31. 31. Proper North American Proper tour. tour. Yeah. And what was it like? What is, it like? what is tour? What is you you two, right, uh-huh. at the age you are now, uh-huh. you two on tour now uh-huh. as opposed to maybe circa 1985 or something like that? Same number of drugs on the bus. Now no, they're just no, no, now they're no, just no, statins no, and painkillers. Okay. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're just drugs to keep us alive now. Oh dear me! <laughs> Good just, I'm just off the back of Rocket Man. There you go. I, yeah. I watched Rocket Man yesterday. It's brilliant, isn't it? Oh, it's some, but I, uh, I, I it was nobody told me how good it was. I already said yeah, it's four stars. It's four uh-huh. and a half stars. Some of you give five. No, we have, have you seen it? it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, what a movie! Amazing. And he did yeah. it on his own. Yeah. Can you imagine that? At least you, had, you two had each other to fall out with. Yeah. He, had to, he had to fall out with himself, for heaven's sake. I think, I think he was he entirely capable of doing it, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, and he stitched him back, well, himself back together. Oh, yeah. my goodness me. Right. You were a bit mysterious. You were a, a little bit aloof. Yeah, well, we are. Well, the thing was, when we set out as a band, we didn't, we didn't set out to be famous. We, we, we didn't want the fame side yeah. of things. You know, we, it, it started as an art band, not a pop band. Yeah. And so it sounds pretentious, it but does it was. No, it doesn't. No, it, it does for you because you're being defensive. It doesn't yeah. sound pretentious at all. It sounds honest. But the thing yeah. well, it was honest because what we were doing at the back room of Paul's mum's house, even our best friends thought was horrible. That's why we started a two-piece with the tape recorder. Nobody else wanted to play with us. Right. And so Too weird. We, we, were, we were amazed when, um, you know, just couple of gigs into into being orchestral moves in the dark tony wilson um decides to sign us to factory and says you're the future of pop and i think we actually swore after him and said no we're experimental but if you want to give us a record we'll call ourselves pop yeah they 40 years career talk about how things affect it he was in the car his wife lindsey reed got Pulled out a bag and went, what's all this? He said, oh, reject cassettes. She pulled out one. Oh, customer names, like, that sounds good. Oh, they played the club the other day. Not interested in it. She went, that's the kind of record you should be releasing on Factory. So he leaned over and patted her on the leg and went, all right, dear, I'll sign the for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. If she hadn't pulled that cassette out of the bag in the car, we wouldn't have had a 40-year career. <laughs> we thought this was a myth and, and we met her last year. Yeah. And she said, no, it's actually true. true. Listen, what else do you want us to say? Uh, it's great. You On a 21-day UK tour, you've got festivals booked next year. Next year, I'm trying to so strong on you, I'm into playing ours mm-hmm. um, uh, for the kids. That would be great. Yeah, we'd love to. Okay, thank you so much for that. Uh, you got other European dates. Uh, the Souvenir box set and singles collection is out this Friday. UK tour starts Wednesday, 23rd of October in Belfast. Uh, some dates before Christmas and then some after throughout November. And then let's have a little look here. Uh, then you go into 2020. Great. Mm. Well done. How many tracks on the box set? 
Oh, well, a million. Million. 40, like a million here. 40 That's singles good. in 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. Interestingly, uh, 22 previously unreleased tracks that he, he found in the archive. How big the, is your loft? Uh, <laughs> I, went, I went into the EMI archive. It's one of those, like a, like a movie, you know, with a big steel door and the big wheel that you have to turn to yeah. get in. Like the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. It really was. <laughs> was anybody and in then, there? Was like Marilyn in there and people yeah. like that? There was, I just kept hearing, help, help from the back. You know? Great. Well, well it's great. It's so nice to see you both. Loads of stuff, yeah. And uh, looking forward to the tour. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. From taking down a world-famous terrorist in Zero Dark Thirty to doing, quite frankly, unspeakable things with an elephant in the Brothers Grimsby. Here to tell all is the immaculate Mr. Mark Strong. Good morning, Mark. Uh, it's very lovely to be here. Very nice to have you. Thank you for coming. So, um, we hit a little bump in the road that we both made the most of on the day that Temple debuted, didn't we? The yes. day it premiered because yeah. you were going to be here, but then you couldn't be here. So uh, you tell everybody what happened at quarter past six one morning before the show. Well, the nature of filming is that, uh, you know, time gets changed all the time. Schedules are never uh, uh, completed. Yeah. And on that particular day, I wanted to come here and be with you. <laughs> and they decided in their wisdom that I should be filming. So at six in the morning, I think, yeah. I was uh, uh, doing an interview with Dan uh, that you then played later. Yeah. And uh, uh, I was just conscious of the fact that I wanted to be chirpy. So I think I yelled down the phone for about Did 20 you? minutes. Did you? All right, yeah. okay. This is Cruella de Vil, uh, for Disney, and it's ongoing. So this is a big shoot. Uh, you, you're, you're part of the gang till November. Yeah. Um, what, what have you done as your... Because you, you, you play the... I play John the Valet. John the Valet. I do John, a lot of lurking. That's right. You do a lot of lurking, and you dish out a bit of sartorial advice now and again, too. Yes, well, Emma Thompson Cruella. plays the Baroness, yeah. who, who is a, a phenomenally successful fashion designer. Yeah. And, uh, and Emma Stone is the young Cruella. It's an origin story, really. Right. Um, I'm not allowed to say too much. No, I got no, told no, off no, last I time. Tell, I can tell you've played... <laughs> yeah, I'm, you, I'm trying to tread sweat. the path. Yeah. Right, OK, but the point is it's brilliant. It's been made in Britain, yes. and it stars some great Brits. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Mark. Sorry, <laughs> right. sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to do that to you. I, okay. I, I apologise. OK, so uh, for people who don't know... Um, how come uh, you and your wife are staying in, having a bit of a um, mega series, me mega mini series uh, night on the sofa? How come that ended up with you here now? Well, my wife is an incredibly successful producer. She came through the BBC, very good television producer, went and did films for a while, ran Ridley Scott's company for a bit, made some movies, but realised with the kind of advent of the golden age of TV... Did you say she ran Ridley Scott's company for Well, she, yes, yeah, she was right. kind of... Uh, so she know. knows her onions. <clears throat> she does, yeah. And having made movies, realised that um, TV is somewhere that you can really tell a story. And a yep. movie is 90 minutes or a couple of hours... TV can go on for seasons long, so you can really flesh stuff out. She's very, very good at what she does, and uh, we watch a lot of TV because we like to see what's out there. And one night we were sitting on the sofa and we were watching this strange Norwegian show called Valkyrian that we both kind of related to. We thought the imagination was incredible and it was nothing like we'd ever seen before. And uh, she said, I wonder if anyone's got the rights. I mean, I didn't even didn't even occur to me. I was just enjoying the show for what it was. But two days later, we were on a plane to Oslo. We went and met the guys and said, listen, we love your show. Do you, can we have it? And they said, yeah. So we found a, a, an amazing Irish writer called Marco Rowe, who's a theatre writer normally, who's done a couple of movies, uh, Boy A with uh, Andrew Garfield and Intermission and... Uh, he wrote all eight episodes, which is quite unusual. Writers normally do a couple. He did all eight. And so no the thing mean is, task. No, 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 no. Eight and, one hours for telly. And television eats oh, plot. Gosh. You know, you need to come up with narrative. And we had the original as um, a benchmark, so we adapted it, or he adapted it from there rather than remade it. It's an adaptation rather than a remake. Uh, no, we're just talking about security and things like that about Disney and about generally, you know, scripts and things now. Game of Thrones was the legendary one, wasn't it? I mean, that doesn't exist anymore, but... They were given seven scripts each with different endings. They went to. They were given twelve month contracts, which they were paid for, uh, but they would be killed off the next day. But it didn't matter because it was worth the extra costs for the drama, and nobody. The secret's not getting out. And you tell you you've just told us about vanishing scripts. Yeah, yeah. There's tell a, us about those. If you don't scroll down within a minute or two the whole thing just goes fuzzy and you have to go back and you have to reinsert do the password again and start again in order to read the script again so it can't stay on your computer or be viewed by <laughs> anybody amazing. else if you leave i also did a movie a um uh it was a warner brothers movie and when you arrive in the mornings usually you get what are called sides yes. so the day's work is on these pieces of paper, the yes. scenes that you're doing. And usually you just keep those in your pocket, you have them on set, you know, and then you chuck them away. 
there was somebody whose sole job was to make sure she collected all of the sides of every person on set, and that can be up to, I don't know, 80, 100 people, right. at the end of the day. And if one was missing, she got in trouble. If we're, When we invite you in for interviews in the future and you stop coming in, is it because I've got you in too much trouble in the past? <laughs> it's not you, it's for me. I mean, other people are really good at this. They just, But I love chatting, you know what I mean? And I want everybody to know what I'm doing. So I tend to sort of say all this stuff, and then it's only afterwards everyone goes, well, you shouldn't really have said that, and you shouldn't have said that. Right. But it doesn't well, really um, Let's say it again. Temple. All episodes available now uh, on demand. Uh, watch episode one of Temple for free, regardless of whether you're a Sky customer or not, uh, via our link, virginradio.co.uk, uh, now underscore. Um, good. Uh, Mark, good luck with the second series. Hope it happens for Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Give, give my love to Disney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, however yeah. you can do yeah, that. I'm just waiting outside the door. I'm sure they yeah, are. Yeah. And, uh, and come and see us again soon. I'd love to. All right, awesome. Mark Thank Strong, you. what a superstar. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. He's sold 40 million books worldwide and been awarded nearly as many honorary doctorates. Our next guest truly is a wizard of the written word. His latest book, The Body, A Guide for Occupants, is out today and here to reveal what's going on from your brain all the way down to your tippy toes. It's the one and only Bill Bryson. Morning, Bill. <laughs> Morning. Thank Morning. you very much for that. Uh, it's great, isn't it? He's the best at those. Uh, <laughs> right, so this book, um, The Body, A Guide for Occupants. Okay, now it's not necessarily a manual, but there's a, there's, there's a few tips in there. It's a fantastic book. It's the most fun fact book for grown-ups there's ever been. My kids, uh, you know, straight away over the dinner table, I, start, I just started to read out reams and reams of your book, and they loved it. Like, you know, we blink 14,000 times a day. Things like that, you know. Uh, how much would it cost to, to, to build Benedict Cumberbatch? batch from scratch which is how you open the book um, because you had a similar thought about your own being when you were younger is that right well yeah i mean i've spent my whole life wondering how how we're put together i mean mm. it was this is and and the reason i called it a guide for occupants is because of you know i have this feeling that we all occupy this space this yep. kind of wobble of flesh as i call it in the book i mean we all you know sort of move around in this sack but without any the sack of living tissue but without having really any idea what goes on inside us and i've always felt a little bit embarrassed by that that if you you know if you unzipped me and told me to reach in and pull out my spleen or something i wouldn't know where where yeah. to begin delving for it or what it was for or what it was for and if i you know if i found it i wouldn't be able to tell you anything much about it and i just thought i just felt kind of ashamed and embarrassed i didn't have any idea <laughs> how we're all put together and what, you know, I'm 67 years old now and I just thought somehow this thing has been looking after me all these years. I've just been throwing beer and pizza down my throat for decades and, and yet, you know, I'm still upright and move, and working pretty well. Um, and I just thought I really ought to have a better idea of how, how we function. And what I found, Chris, was that the body is is, is infinitely more complex and, and wondrous and kind of magical than I'd ever expected. Yeah, regard, as you say, regardless of what we feed it or do to it, you know, or do do via it. So, so Benedict Cumberbatch, £197,000 for a new Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, this is because you cost all the elements that are available in, in the universe, because we are made of the universe, that it would take to put him together. Um, and now he was, he's been chosen because he, that was already ongoing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, this was done by the Royal Society of Chemistry. And it was actually quite a, it, I mean, it was for fun, but it was actually, they made it quite a serious um, effort to find out, to work out how much it would cost to assemble all the materials to make a human being. And they used Benedict Cumberbatch because he was the, the, he was the guest director of the Cambridge Science Festival that year, 2013. And so they, but, but they worked out that if you assembled all the things that you're made of, and as you say, it's just, it's just the same elements you've, you find in a pile of dirt, you know, I mean, um, but if you put all of those together, <laughs> it would cost you th that much money in order to make a human being, if you could. But of course, we can't even make, science can't even make one cell in your body, yeah. never mind make a whole, whole, it's a whole so you. It's so funny, isn't it? So we can observe, at we're atoms, uh, we are atoms that are avail uh, able to observe other atoms, but we don't know how. Yeah, that's, uh, and that's, we don't know why. Put your finger right on it. Because uh, I was with Professor Brian Cox over the weekend and he says that he is now obsessed with this, this question, how do we find meaningless in a meaningless universe? Uh, and and that's, that's the thing that he's wondering about, you know. And how come us lot, our, our, you know, our atoms have the option to even do that in the first place. It was, it's, I mean, life is a miracle. It's as simple as that. You know, as I said, the atoms that make you 
don't make life anywhere else in the universe. <laughs> anywhere in the universe. The same atoms, you know, the things, all calcium What's and phosphorus on? and oxygen and all that. They exist all over the universe and only in one place, as far as we know here, they self-assemble magically into form, into life. And, you know, not just our lives, but earthworms and birds yeah. and every, everything that lives. Uh, so the lady that you met, who is an expert on skin, um, the, the, what she says about the first layer of skin and the different uh, colours that skin can can be was an absolute revelation. We read it out today verbatim. Just take us take us through that. If you well, don't it's, just, it's, it's very simple. That that your this, the, your color, what your race, um, which is everybody in the world judges you by, is is one millimeter depth. If you took if you took off the outer millimeter of your skin, which is obviously practically nothing. Nobody could tell, no, the greatest scientists in the world couldn't tell what race you are, couldn't tell whether you're black or white or Asian or, or, or whatever. It says here, it is extraordinary how much, she says this, the lady you're talking about, it's extraordinary how much uh, such a small facet of our composition is given so much importance. People act as if skin colour is a determinant of character when all it is is a reaction to sunlight. Biologically, there is actually no such thing as race. Nothing in terms of skin colour, facial features, hair type, bone structure or anything else that is a defining quality among peoples. And yet look how many people have been enslaved or hated or lynched or deprived of fundamental rights through history because of the colour of their skin. I mean, that is revelatory. To me, that's revelatory. Well, it was to me. That's why it's in the book. This is brilliant. Yeah, no, I think it was. It's And, um, you know, in a dissecting room, a, a doctor showed me how much a millimeter of skin is and just sort of lifted it, a little patch of skin back off this cadaver. And you could see light through it. I mean, you could almost, it's almost transparent. That's how little, you know, that's how a little of you is race. All right. Um, every chapter in this book is absolute solid gold. A couple of quickies before you go, Bill, because now you've got to go. Um it isn't true, is it, that our hair and our nails grow after we we are deceased? That is not true. That is a myth. That's... I know. It's great pub ammo, but it is rubbish pub ammo. My hair is barely growing now. But, uh, yeah, no, after you die, it, it's... No, that's true. Uh, the, the, almost all of the things that we all know, that we all feel we know yeah. about the body turn out to be myths. The idea that, that you only use 10% of your brain, complete myth. The idea that the average man thinks about sex every second, seven seconds, complete is myth. It, is it less than that? More than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did a careful study and they found that people don't think about sex all that often at all. Um, just all that kind of stuff. It's mostly myths. Well, the things that you think you know because you've been hearing them all your life, mostly are myths. And you've been myth-busting in your book. Uh, what was your favourite bit of it? I think the most the most amazing fact I learned was was to do with the brain. The brain is is the most wondrous creation in the universe. And I think the single most amazing fact to me in the book was that if you took one cubic millimeter of your brain, which is about the size of a grain of sand, there's enough processing power in that tiny grain of sand of your brain to hold all the movies ever made. Oh, that's good. Isn't that um, amazing? And also, and, and scientists, having said that, scientists still can't find a thought. No, no, yeah. Well, how, we know, have how them, you... but we don't know where they come from and we don't know where they are. Yeah, and exactly. Scientists, so they can, they can examine the brain, they can have brains, they can be gifted brains for research, but they can't find a thought. That's right, yeah. That, I love that. And I also loved, um, you're talking about water, so your H2O, you've got your hydrogen, your oxygen, you've got two parts hydrogen to one part oxygen. Hydrogen and oxygen are basically weightless. Put together, they can weigh billions of tonnes. Yeah, well, there's, I mean, as, as I say in the book, if you've ever just tried to move a paddling pool full of water or carry a couple of buckets yeah. of water, water is really heavy, and yet it's made of these two, as you say, really, really light elements. Okay, great book, Bill. Thank you very much, Great Chris. to see you, as pleasure. always. Oh, my goodness me. Uh, Bill Bryson, The Body, The Book is out today. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.